Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast number 41. I'm Chris Tuck and I'm Beverly Ann. So we are talking today about two sides. What does that actually mean, Bev? Well, there's been a lot in the papers, as we know, and we're not going to go into any names, but we've seen it time and time again. When somebody is revealed to be a perpetrator, a bully, a groomer, however you want to look at it, um, whether it be emotional, physical or sexual abuse, and you always get someone, oh, but they're really lovely. Yeah. They're really talented. They're, they're this or they're that. And it takes the onus away from the victim. Yeah. And it silences the victim, doesn't it? Absolutely. And not only that, then the perpetrator becomes the victim. Yeah. So the real victim goes further down the page and everybody starts arguing over the perpetrator, you know, about who this person is or isn't or what they've done, particularly when it's in families. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your dad? Yes, and, and that's where I'm going to share what it's like. My my father was my abuse user. What it's like, because there are two sides. So I'm going to start off with my dad as the man that I am going to say it, and it's hard, the man I loved, which is my dad. So he was a, a very talented man. Mm-hmm. He always had jobs and he had some good jobs. He worked for London Transport at one time. He worked in the hospitality industry. He was a heating engineer. He always had good good work, work ethic. Um, very talented when it came to decorating the home. Yeah. And I remember when we were at home the, the second time between the age of 10 and 13, absolutely fascinated by what he was doing so he um made a kitchen out of nothing he used mdf right painted it made units made drawers and i've always found things like that fascinating he was a well-read man he would always be reading books he loves music johnny cash lots of different people and for years i couldn't listen to johnny cash because it was a trigger now with a lot of support I've come through that um but people to the outside as well you know obviously in some of his work clothes he wouldn't necessarily look all dressed up but when he went into the pub and he had his shirt and tie on you know he'd be really smart and he'd be like hello and he'd buy the whole pub a drink Mm. um and everyone would think fantastic you know so there's this man who was well liked well liked a worker um well respected by the sounds of it yes and i found a card he was also he used to build um um gypsy caravans right and he used to do things out of matchsticks yeah kits and he'd do it really well and the the patience it was fascinating to watch and i'd forgotten about them i won't won't lie and then a couple of weeks ago um a member of the family Bought them round, and this just sums up how well respected he was, and so, how other people perceive someone 
and they are at home abusing or they're at work abusing or whatever the situation is, there's two sides. Yes. So he'd made one of these caravans yeah. for a church. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And there was this card that says thank you. And inside it says to Mr. Cooper Thompson. Now, the first thing that triggered me mm -hmm. then was I actually made a report against my dad um, when I was older, not when I was younger. And it was to the police and the NSPCC. And he was put on... Um, a perpetrator's list as Alexander Cooper Thompson but then he changed his name and I hadn't realised until I saw this a couple of weeks ago that he's actually changed his name yeah yeah and that's why Della's law yeah that people hear about um trying to get that changed in government that you cannot change your name once you've been convicted of a crime but of a even, sexual nature but even, even questioned yeah, because some perpetrators, they'll be questioned and it's not even got to court and they'll change their name. So it says, we hope that you enjoy this photograph. Your kind donation to our church maintenance was admired by so many. And the winner was a lady from Hastings who, like so many others, appreciated the wonderful workmanship that you had put into it on behalf of the friends of said church. And I can understand. Yeah. I can understand that because also, if you were to look at both my parents, both my mum and my dad, and there were six children, it was my dad outwardly who would come across as the most caring. He would be the one that um, he would come home and he'd unlock the larder so that we could get a sandwich to eat. Um, he'd be the one who'd be taking us here and there or buying on a Sunday a bar of chocolate for, to break up. It wouldn't be my mum doing that. And I defended him a lot as well because I was getting his attention. And so you felt loved back then? By him. By him. But yeah. not by my mum. Yeah. Even though the abuse was going on, that was something that was completely separate. Yeah. And also the fact that we had... That's food. really interesting. We'll come back to that point. Yeah. yeah. And even... The, there he is in the pub, he's buying the pub a drink. Yeah. And my mum's in the pub. Um, and you know, all these people, Alec, you know, yeah, so yeah. funny. And yet at home, we were yeah. in poverty. No gas, no electricity, no food. You've been neglected at home, wasn't you? Completely neglected. And sexually abused as well. Yeah. And yeah. the boys were physically abused. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was all of this going on behind closed doors, but the perpetrator outwardly is loved, liked, respected, and that's what we want to really bring home by Bev sharing her lived experiences with you all. Because that's the bit also that the message is always to me is you respect your parents. Yeah. You know, and I was in and out of care. And mm. to be part of a normal family, I so wanted that, but I didn't want to leave care. No. Because there was this other side. Yeah. And this is what's really hard for people to comprehend. Yeah. You know, your child. Yeah. We all want to be loved and acknowledged by our parents. Yeah. Um, my mum also had her own boyfriend and it was very blatant about that. And we knew that. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, the, the behaviour, when I think back, yeah. and I understand it now, was very sexualised. Yeah. So we like playing cards. And my dad had a pack of cards that I can now say um, were pornographic cards. Right. So it's 
the whole sexual kind of nature was so normalized within your household yeah that you as a child and we've spoken about this before you as a child growing up wouldn't know any any different no because no, it's it just like, your normal yeah and yeah if i could use a complete different example smoking no player number six that's what i remember oh beverly could you like me a cigarette mm-hmm. so at the age of seven yeah i would like a cigarette and give it to him yeah ironically i'm not saying i've never smoked but yeah. i've never been a big smoker yeah there's so many parallels between mine and your story yeah. i'm telling you so just want to share you might laugh at this cigarette thing i saw my dad smoking a cigarette and i was just so enthralled mm about the red light at the end and the smoke that came out of it. Didn't know what it was, didn't know the damage it did to you or anything like that. That was my fixation, Mm. was this red light and this smoke. And he went, I'll teach you not to want to smoke or not to be interested in cigarettes. So he made me have a drag on this cigarette. I was violently sick and I never, ever liked cigarettes. So he did do the job, <laughs> but I was a similar age. I was probably six or seven yeah. when he said, I'm going to teach you not to like cigarettes. So, of course, he did me a favour, but come on, yeah. it's a bit strong. Mine was in a different yeah, way. Yeah, different way. Like, Mine was quite funny. I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sharing this, and, and, and I want to be, be honest, this is not the first time we've recorded this. We did actually record it earlier on the beach because of self-care. But when we looked back at it, you couldn't hear us and you couldn't see us. You couldn't see us us either. We was quite like pixelated. (laughs) So that's why we're coming across really relaxed. And it's important. And as I said to Chris as well, there's also a relief. And this is something when it's always sitting there, I'd never dared to think about the good side of my dad. But there is a good side to most individuals. Yeah, there is. But it's overtaken by this horrendous horrible side of you know the abuse that we've had to endure and that is not what we want to remember but that is what we do remember about the perpetrators because it impacts your life yes so much yeah Yeah. it triggers so i'm sharing this to give an idea of how a perpetrator a bully a groomer yeah how they do how they are because I have my way of seeing things and yet other people I understand you know how how could you have loved your dad when he was doing that to you and actually that was just shut off that was my way of coping it was shut off because I wanted to be loved by my mum and my dad yeah and my mum wasn't always able to give me that affection so you was getting it from from my dad yeah not in a way that I necessarily wanted. wanted. No. And I remember being about 13, 14 when he bought me a pair of shoes that weren't black and that weren't sensible and multicoloured. Yeah. So now looking back, they were probably disgusting. But at the time, <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going back to I'm children's special. Home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Chris, would you like to share for everyone to understand? What is the definition of grooming? Well, this was my definition and there'll be several different definitions, but I just wanted to share that one point where you said like, um, you almost shut the abuse off and Mm. away because you wanted the normal natural relationship with your caregiver, your dad, which was love, 
care, nurture, attention. And that's what every child wants. Yes. But it's when that is violated, is when the damage is done and when the trust is broken. And then once you realise what it is that's happening, once you do, I took on the shame and the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. So then I wanted to befriend him because I was like, if anybody found out what had been happening. So I took on the responsibility. Yeah, that's always the perpetrators. Um, they want that to happen anyway, yeah. don't they? So it keeps you silent, yeah. unfortunately. So this is what I wrote during the week about grooming. Um, a groomer grooms everyone around them, making it possible for them to enact the crime and get away with it for a long time. And in some people's eyes, it makes them doubt their guilt. The groomer is an upstanding member of the community. They are so likeable. They do so much good. They could never do such a thing like commit a sexual crime against a child or young person. Could they? They can, but they think they can't. Those in positions of power know this and can often make anyone making a noise about it make the noise go away because they have the upper hand. A person in a position of power is anyone that has an imbalance of power and control over you. It could be your boss, a celebrity, your teacher, head of community, your mum or your dad or a friend of the family. Those thinking about making some noise are often fearful of repercussions and stay silent about it. But then they become complicit in that silence because they've not been an upstander. They've literally been a bystander or they've been part of the cover up. Those that make a noise, i.e. speak up on behalf of other people, often feel the repercussions. No promotion, for example. They might get sacked. They might get cancelled. They might just get ignored. Isolated. And, I, and isolated. And I felt that myself. Yeah. So even though I've worked with some institutions, that want to work with people with lived experience, when you do share what's gone on with you and, and you share what you think, you've been how you've been failed and how to correct that, you then shine a light on something that's not right or a person that's not in your mind responding in the right way, you then get silenced. And that is all part of the problem, guys. So we as individuals and professionals, we will keep knocking on that door and it needs everybody to do that, unfortunately. And that's the bit that's the most frustrating. Yeah. That adults are scared of hearing the children, but adults are still scared of hearing adults talking about their childhood. You say about the NSPCC for me. Oh, you can share that, yeah, can't you? Yeah, well. Oh, I've just dropped a name. Never mind. But it's a reality. It's a reality. And I've always, I've always advocated the NSPCC yeah, NSPC, for yeah. the way that they they helped us as children, and I yeah. always would. However, yeah. they did ask to use my story as a case study. Yeah. And I went through all the... Um, interview etc and it is extensive mm -hmm. when you do that and I was told by the legal department at the end of the day we need you to change your name and I was like no that's yeah. my story I'm not changing my name I don't mind if you don't use my surname because protecting the rest of yeah my, but you, you wanted to be recognized yeah, yeah that's my name yeah um you can use my first name and my middle name so my 
obviously in respect to my siblings, yeah. their stories and their experience. And I was told they couldn't go ahead because um, in case they got sued. Yeah, litigation. My dad's dead. I know, but unfortunately, the NSPCC aren't in, you know, they're not the only ones that do this. And you mm. can understand from their perspective that they don't want to be litigated against. But at the same time, we are adults. We get to choose what we want to be put out in the world or not. And I think that the sooner that um, institutions realise that there's value in the lived experience voices and they actually listen, they actually hear what is being said and they action that, not what they think or not from their perspective or they don't want to, I don't know, sabotage a working relationship with someone or a department or an institution that we've shone a light on the better we are all going to be able to respond to child sexual abuse Absolutely. for children because and that, young people. That man that I've, for instance, described yeah. could be anyone. Yeah. He really could. Very clever. The other thing that people fail to understand is they're not, they don't act singularly. So I have to be careful what I say here because of any statement that I've made, but he had a friend. Right. I wasn't the only one. So you're talking about abused. your perpetrator. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But most perpetrators do not act alone, as in they'll have other friends because that's how they get access to their material. Because that's another thing people seem to think, you know, look, let's look at Epstein. Mm -hmm. You know, what, was he the only one in that environment? <laughs> yeah. Weinstein. What, is he yeah, the only yeah, one yeah, in Hollywood? Yeah. No. But even if they did act by themselves as in they were the only one perpetrating there was so many people around them that was enabling it by either actively taking part in some way not the actual abuse but providing getting yeah. the children young people to them or they're complicit in their silence yeah. now we get how hard it is to whistleblow and speak up when it's your livelihood and you can potentially be up for losing everything if you do speak out against anyone that is perpetrating or if you know something we get how hard it is but let's flip that Bev just for one minute let's flip that and let's put you in the shoes of the victim Ooh. the child victim yeah how hard do you think it is for children and young people to find the courage to speak up in the first place? Well, even as an adult, doing exactly. this, this yeah. is hard. And I'm not even going into detail, but this has been hard to do. You know, when we when we share anything, as we've said before, we do it, um, I think in our last podcast we said something, we do it as a, an, over, an overview but you've still got to go there, like today, thinking about how I'm going to speak the best about my dad. Yeah. yeah. That's not, and that's as an adult, but it's the child feelings in me yeah. that are coming up. Yeah. And, you know, if you go back to being your child self, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the awareness, you don't have the education that you do sitting here as 50-year-old plus 50-year-olds plus. Yeah. We don't have all of that. 
in our back pocket, so to speak. So you are just going along with what the adults are saying to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to, because they're your caregivers. You know, there is nowhere else to go. So thank God that there are organisations like the NSPCC and Childline. Yeah. Thank God. But we are talking from it from two different perspectives. Yeah. Charities like the NSPCC, Childline and all of the other fantastic charities, Survivors Trust, Rape Crisis, Mozak, there's so many, yeah, Survivors UK for men, Mankind, there are so, so many fantastic uh, charities out there that help victims and survivors, but we're talking from an adult perspective, when we've got the words, we know what we need to say and how to say it and express it and when we get told no you can't use your own name um no it doesn't sit well with us i'm sorry because it's we do we share our experience to educate yeah so we're educating people around us and i'm always in admiration you know there'll be people listening today that i'm really pleased to know they're not survivors of abuse yeah but they want to know how they can safeguard and support going for and yeah. support going forward and that's why we do this there's also probably some listeners that have probably never spoken to anyone yeah and please reach out and speak to someone get some support you don't necessarily have to go back to each and every detail but know that you've got some support and that word i use it all the time and i do not apologize for it self-care get the support to learn how to self-care how to look after yourself And I think also that many people think that when they um, are able to talk about what they've gone through, that it's going to lead to a criminal justice process and an outcome. It doesn't need to go there, guys. If you choose for it not to want to go down that road, you can. Yeah, it's only if there is enough evidence, physical evidence that it actually can get to court, yeah? Often, I think they say 3% of cases get to um, court and only 1% get a conviction, yeah? yeah? So the numbers are very, very low anyway. So don't always think that you have to do that. But what is very um, crucial for me to express is that when you do find your voice and you're able to verbalize with whoever, however far you want to take it um it's just the start of your healing journey and it's just very freeing and i haven't come across one person that regrets speaking about what's happened to them i'm not talking about the criminal justice system i'm talking about just being able to voice what has happened to them so they can start dealing with it and one thing i'm going to say is i chose not to go along with criminal justice system my children were very young I didn't want it coming into their life um there were bits I didn't want to ever go back to again um I made that but I still reported it to enable others if they came through as well to know that they weren't alone Mm. because I found out years later that other survivors from my own dad yeah and again If you don't feel able to report and later on you find out that the perpetrator that abused you had other victims after you, it is not your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. You've done what is right for you. End of. 
if you do have the courage, if you do want to report, it's not about having the courage to report or not, it's your choice. But if you do report, then even if that name, as Beverly said, is just logged, anyone else reporting the same name, it builds up a history. And then when someone has got enough evidence to take their perpetrator to court, then it's all an audit trail of a lot of different yes. cases. So that is the benefit of reporting if you choose to do that. And my last thing I'm going to say, and we've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm saying it because in this particular case that's actually triggered me to want to do this response is um, a lot of people, that, you know, they sensed something was not quite right. Yeah. Didn't know anything. They, they, it didn't feel right. Yeah. And I'm saying it again. If something doesn't feel right, go and tell someone else as an adult. You know, um, if something feels a bit wrong, it doesn't mean to say anything can be done straight away. But if enough people don't feel right about they something, share it, yeah. then that gives the ammunition to go forward or the incentive. Again, we wanted to share like Beverly's dad and the two sides of him. And again, in our family, it's exactly the same. The stepdad was an alcoholic, um, used to do all of the abuse behind closed doors. But down the pub, he was best mates with everyone and, yeah. and, and everybody. Yeah, he, he couldn't put a foot wrong, yeah. um, even though he didn't dress up and he smelled and he was just horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, the stepmom, she knew exactly how to run rings around the professionals. So again, like your household, ours was very neglectful, physical, mental abuse. Yeah, lots of all of that going on. But when social services announced a visit, she would put us in clean clothes, put food on the table, painted this picture of lovely family home life, you know, doing my best, da, 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 da. And then when social services took me away particularly to a park to ask me tell me your side and I told them the truth this was all a show you get told off lying yeah you know so it's just like these people that abuse children and young people they are Very master clever. manipulators and we see it in adulthood we see it in domestic violence you know I've had many of yes. conversations, and you know um oh no 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 she must have asked for it. And I'm going to say she, because I, I do know that... It's a gendered abused. crime. It is. Yeah. Men but get abused, but it is a gendered mostly, crime. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's so lovely. <laughs> yeah. It's not about how lovely he is yeah. or how successful he is. Listen to what's being said. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, any last thoughts, Chris? Um... I'm, you know, this is the second time we're recording this. So obviously the uh, passion came out in the first. So the fact that we have now probably gone a bit deeper, but some of the emotions gone, I feel quite flat and I feel quite um, emotional mm. just because you know that grooming's going on right now and you know that a child is being abused right now and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. No because we don't even know the child that may be being abused now. Um, and it just breaks my heart because we know the impact. Yes. So if you are feeling something is not right, report it. Mm. So what if you're wrong? So what? If you're right, you're saving that child or young person from 
potentially years of abuse mm. and a lifetime of impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to say, anybody listening, so as I said earlier, if you're listening because you're not a survivor, but you're, you want to learn, you want to um, understand more, self-care is really important. Go for a walk. If you're a survivor yourself or a victim, you know, make sure you reach out to somebody for support please do if you've got any questions please email us breaking the cycle two step forward at gmail.com you can find us on facebook you can find us on ig ig instagram <laughs> instagram All podcast platforms and youtube um and any questions? Yes. Because we are going to be having a monthly Q&A session. And, and what are we calling it? Just five minutes. Have you, have you got have, five minutes? Have you got five minutes? Just want to ask you something. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be doing once a month. And we'll be happy to answer your question between us in the podcast. Because trust me, if you've got a question to ask, there'll be somebody else that has a question. Is thinking it as well. Yeah. yeah. And we also want to put out there as well. We are genuinely wanting professionals to respond differently to child sexual abuse. So if you want to have Bev and I as part of your learning program, we'll be more than happy to discuss this with you. So please get in touch on that email. Breaking the cycle, twostepforward at gmail.com. So until next time, everyone, take care and enjoy this lovely sunshine while it lasts. Mm -hmm.